Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast, a.k.a. Uncle Buck, here with my good friend, my bandmate, my inspiration over there on the Peloton, Mr. Rick Habib. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. It's It's been an interesting day, I'll tell you that. How you doing? <laughs> Whoa, that's that's a loaded intro right there. Um, I Look, we got to keep it real here. I have to apologize. I just had to talk to you behind the scenes. I had to take... We I had, had a little I, chat. I'd say, listen, I know you're the Peloton champ, all right? I know you... Tell, tell, tell the listeners what you just told me. Well, I'll, I'll, I don't want to get yelled at again, so no. I'll, I'll, I'll say it quickly. I'll say, I'll say it quickly. Uh, yeah, they played Eye of the Tiger when I was on Peloton, and I got very amped up. I like it. And that was probably, that was probably leading me to... It was an 80s playlist. And Stan and I get extremely amped and and it I like was it. very tough, very tough and and uh, and here I am, uh, my heart's still pumping from that. So, uh, you know, as a, as an older man now, uh, <laughs> when when you when you work out a lot, which I've been doing lately, it it kind of it kind of it makes it, it it makes me feel different than I used to feel. <laughs> and like right now, right now I've been up for about um twenty hours. And, yes, uh, there's caffeine coursing through my veins. And you made the time for Heavy Hole Podcast tonight, so we thank you, sir. I always make the time for you yes. and for the listeners. And for our bands, I should say, too, man. You're always on deck, um, even back to the days of Buckshot Facelift for the shows, man. But, yeah, I, behind the scenes, I like, Rick, I'm, I'm off of, like, I'm off of an ice cream sandwich right now. <laughs> I got. I'm. I'm going to bed after we record this. You know what I'm saying, man. Tone it down and nice. I got up at one forty-five. <laughs> I I'm know. Be up until. I'm probably going to be up till tomorrow. You will. Uh, you have. Been a, uh, are you Are you going yeah. to New York City tomorrow? No, I work from home tomorrow, so that's oh that's God. the good thing. I could sleep in until about seven in the morning, which for me is a luxury. And uh, yeah, so you know, I got a lot of work to do tonight after this uh, podcast. Here, I got lyrics to write. We got our, our final session this weekend, and that's got to be done. Yes. And, uh, yeah, that's it's it's been very stressful. You see my hair is getting more gray every time we have a, uh, a podcast because of these lyrics. If you recall, when we were on tour in November, <laughs> I was writing lyrics. It's now April. Uh, it's these things happen. That's not crazy, man. And just be glad you Dude, have you crank hair. lyrics out, man. You crank that shit out. Like, I, I wish I, I could do that. I don't play guitar or, or drums for that matter, yeah. dude. That's that's my. Without, so, so you're saying you could concentrate just on that and its abilities, but like I don't think I have the mindset to be creative, like I, mm. like like a lot of lyricists are. Like I can't mm. just sit down. That's my problem. I can't sit down and pull a topic out of out of thin air. It seems, and and then pace a song about that. And it's always been my issue, you know. So that's why these things are slow for me. I wish I had that ability. Cocaine? No, I'm just play. I'm not I do With not. With the fentanyl out there, yeah. man, I wouldn't recommend that these nah. day, this day and age. Those days, yeah. Fuck you up. Yeah, the days uh, the days know. of safe coke are over. Allegedly, I never yeah. even I never even knew Allegedly. about that. I was that was a total uh, a joke. I don't write my lyrics. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's let's we're gonna be real. Inspiration for lyrics, you know. There, that's one thing. Um, but uh, um, somebody who might know a little bit about some inspiration for some lyrics behind the scenes, I'll make sure to ask him. I'm gonna talk to Kendall Hall, uh, singer of Heavy as the Head, a relatively new hardcore band out of Richmond, Virginia, made up of relatively seasoned, experienced members. Didn't use the O word. We're, you, you, me, and you, me and you were old. <laughs> me and you were old, Rick. These guys, these guys are OG. Rage. 
Check, check. This is Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast, and I'm here with Kendall Hall, vocalist of Heavy as the Head from Richmond, Virginia. How are you? I'm absolutely fantastic. <laughs> me, too, me too, man. Uh, welcome to the Heavy Hole Podcast. Thank you for your time. I'm absolutely stoked to be here. Honored to be here. Uh, thank you, man. Um, we appreciate you making the time. And just to dive right into it, uh, Heavy as the Head is a band from Richmond, Virginia. You guys have been around um, not necessarily that long in the big scheme of things, but as we were just kind of talking behind the scenes, you guys have roots deeper than the two recordings Heavy as the Head has available on Bandcamp right now um and maybe before we get into that we'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit you you yourself as i always say are you from a musical family or was there anyone in your upbringing that steered you towards hard music uh hard rock heavy metal punk anything like that absolutely not uh in no way do i come from a musical family <laughs> i am uh i am definitely the anomaly in in my family i'm the uh which it's got to start somewhere i mean every family's got got has to have a roots uh, i come from um not necessarily my direct family but most of my family's in the military was in the military um pretty conservative upbringing um uh and so i don't know i don't i honestly have no idea where like i get my abilities from i guess you could say um it just it just happened one day <laughs> all, all right so growing up now when when we talk about like as an out, I'm I'm from Long Island, New York. Maybe other people who are into music think of Richmond, Virginia. They think of kind of a happening music scene, things sure. like that. Um, growing up for you though, uh, were you like right? Were you in a city or were you in a more like suburban or rural area out like just outside of Richmond? And like yes. maybe maybe take us through that a little bit and and how that relates to getting into music. Sure. So I grew up uh, kind of in the suburbs uh, of, of of Richmond. Uh, um, kind of north of Richmond. Um, and I was, uh, just a little punk poser skater kid. I always like wore the skate clothes and like told everyone that I skateboarded, but like, I don't know how to skateboard. I can Ollie, but that's it. So don't tell anybody between me and you and whoever listens to this show, uh, 100% a poser. Um, but, uh, when, when I was a lot younger, I had my best friend, Chris, um, we would like hang out in his basement all the time. Um, and this was like the heyday of uh, new metal, man. Uh, I know uh, like corn, Limp biscuit, like I was all about it because it made my parents mad. M like most new metal kids uh, is like, ooh, this isn't what's on the radio. I'm edgy. Um, and so like that was like my like soiree into alternative music i guess you could say um and uh it's super cringy stuff man when you look back at it you're like uh just like everyone else you know you look back at your no one looks back at when they're like 14 years old and be like dude i was a super cool kid uh, i was a loser yeah. oh um, man don't get but, me don't, uh, don't get me started i i can co-sign <laughs> not to stop you but like uh he uh we we would hang out in his basement man um and we would ride our skateboards up to like the local elementary school and like pretend to skateboard. And then we'd go back and like, we would listen to music and we wanted to be in a band so bad, dude. And like, I, I wanted to be a drummer. I started out as a drummer. Um, and so like, and he was a bass player. And so he would play his bass and I didn't, I was broke. So I didn't, I couldn't afford a drum set. So like stereoty 
yeah, pots and pans, drum, um, like trash cans, and I made myself a drum set. Uh, you couldn't tell me nothing, dude. I was awesome. Uh, uh. But like his his uncle played bass in like some heavy metal bands, um, and like that's just what we em- emulated, man. We thought that was super cool, um, and that just evolved into, you know, I mean, just like everyone else. I mean, I, I. So I, you, you look back and like, yeah, I was like a new metal kid and like, it's a little bit embarrassing, but like, honestly, man, that, that's the kind of stuff that if, if it's, if it's easier listening, it gets more kids listening to it and okay. Yeah. I listened to corn. Well, the dudes in corn listen to this or this, and then you finally kind of make your way, you keep diving and you keep diving and you keep diving um and so that kind of put me into you know all different forms of you know alternative metal or underground metal and stuff like that um so that's kind of where where i found myself you know listening to more you know i guess i guess you could say underground i I don't know i I hate saying that underground yeah yeah, extreme underground it like it all sounds kind of cliche saying it out loud but like we all kind of know what you're saying um stuff stuff that's a little bit off of the radar um and yeah new metal you know i I don't want to open up a whole tangent but i mean you know there's still albums by you know you can still talk about the deft tones or system of a there's a lot of stuff that falls under that new metal umbrella that there's good arguably good albums and Oh, so sure. on and so forth. I think I think it gets a little bit of a bad bad rap. Um, people paint it with a broad brush because of Fred Durst. You know what I mean? Um, I mean that's true. But I mean, listen, that new Limp Bizkit record. Those first couple like <laughs> riffs. I mean, it's got some pretty good riffs. I'm not defending the man. It, it's it's a hard listen, but like, it's got some pretty good riffs. I'm gonna be honest with you. Our producer Tom uh, brought that up uh, several episodes ago, and I, I sat through some songs. I mean, Wes, what's his name? Wes Borland, right? The yeah. guitar. He's always been like the 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 mo- well. He's always been like the most interesting element of that band. But I, I yeah. <laughs> I'd rather talk about Heavy as the Head than Limp Biscuit. If you <laughs> let's forget- talk about Limp Biscuit for three yeah, hours. If you'll what's for- wrong with yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> the Patreon people can check out our marathon Limp Biscuit episode. <laughs> Just kidding. No, no, no false advertising. So, be- before we get too far ahead, I know that some of the other members of Heavy as the Head go back. Um, maybe just as far as you in your same age group, do you guys, do any of you guys like go back to grade school, uh, high school, that sort of thing? Yeah. So me and Nick, our guitar player, we grew up together. So he also was hanging out with me and, uh, my buddy Chris in the basement. Like we were, we were, we, we grew up together. Our moms knew each other. So naturally we all hung out together. Um, uh, and then, uh, the, our bass player, Alex or Mern, we all call him, uh, he, um, me and him have been friends for a long time. Um, not necessarily since grade school, but for a good amount of time. Um, and then Jimmy, our, our other guitar player, he's just been around forever. He's been in like, he's, he's currently in like six bands. He has been in every band that's come out of Richmond. Uh, he's just, everyone's known him. Um, and Andrew, Andrew kind of, Andrew was in a band that didn't do a whole lot way back in the day. And, he kind of just wasn't in a band for a long time um, until uh, 
I ended up hitting them up to play drums for heavy as the head. Um, and ever since then it's, it's been awesome seeing him like get back into music um, and like progress in his drum playing too. Like when he first started with us, I mean, he just hadn't played, he really hadn't played drums very much in a, such a long time. And like, it was so awesome seeing his growth. Like every week we'd practice and you were like, damn dude, you got, you learn something new and you learn something new. And like every time we play, someone comes up to us and was like, dude, your drummer killed it. And I'm like, man, hell yeah. Go tell him that. Cause that shit like that matters to someone, you know, especially someone like Andrew that like, he's like, he's super down on himself anyway, but like, huh. he's like, you know, he's a really good drummer. He's got to believe that, you know? So yeah, that's yeah. kind of how we all, me and Nick are the kind of the only ones that was a very long winded answer to say, me and Nick are the only ones that have known each other forever. No, I, I appreciate the insight, and I laugh because I know, I know the idea um, that there's sometimes there's people that are at, at different stages in their own perception of their game, and um, you know, just uh, getting getting some positive feedback uh, can can mean more to certain artists than you might realize. Man, I see what you're saying. Oh, um, uh, so let's get let's get uh, how. How young are you when you first start messing around with with like punk hardcore like like you say like the more extreme type of music in terms of your own participation in it? So, um, I mean, I was I don't even know, you know, 13, 14 years old when I started realizing that music was a thing that was going to be involved in my life. You know, there there's a certain point there, you know, you, you get a couple albums or get a couple records and you're like, oh, this is more than just like some radio shit. This is like this. This means more to me than I think most people do. <laughs> um, and then um, uh, I, I was just a music fan. I, I was in like some crappy high school band and stuff like that. And um, I think the big turning point for me is when uh so i worked at um i worked at hot topic when i got out of the mall or when i got out of high school i was a manager at hot topic once again i was a very cool kid before you uh, <laughs> um, so uh my manager when i graduated high school uh she gave me a cd booklet of all these old hardcore bands um like uh you know anywhere from like it was gorilla biscuits minor threat um dedication count me out i mean it was just a whole cd booklet and which now i know she was my old head uh, there's a, in every genre of music there's the old head that yeah passes along that stuff uh and and it, as soon as i started listening to all that stuff i was like oh this is my personality now for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know, and so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, and which is funny because now I've like, I was, I'm a uh, our bass player. I'm sort of his old head where he wasn't really into heavier music. And he, he kept listening to like a couple of bands and I was like, Oh, if you like this band, let me tell you, let me show you five other bands that you're going to really like. Now he's like all in on it. And I'm like, yeah, man, I, I, I corrupted somebody that's sick but yeah i think i think when i think when i got that um it, it kind of just opened the floodgates for me of like just everything about you know hardcore or alternative music i know this is like a death metal show and i don't know if hardcore is like a bad 
word for you guys we actually I, and, and 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 we're trying to we're actually trying to expand a little bit but i've always thought of this as a show where anything that relates to heavy music in general is under the blanket but we do specialize sure. in death metal so you're and and being as you guys are like a, you know a quote-unquote hardcore band not to box you in you're definitely in, in comfortable territory here yeah well see and that's always been our thing with this band is we're a very hardcore metal band and we're a very we're a very metal hardcore band mm-hmm. and i know metalcore is like a bad word that you're not supposed to say but like to me that's what we are we're a metallic hardcore band because like i'm a hardcore kid which don't get me wrong i really really love death metal um but like uh so i that's one of the big things that i bring to the table is like, like hardcore parts and like Mashi parts whatever like that but our guitar player nick uh like if you can't understand the band's name on their logo nick is all in <laughs> so that's all nicholas is it's, it's just like super heavy death metal like just shred all the time and so when we get together it's it's that collaboration that i think makes me really happy with with my band because it's it's that awesome mixture between the two and i always say i mean i I say on stage a lot where punk metal hardcore it's not it's not a tuning it's not a riff it's not a sound it's a mentality it's a lifestyle it's a it's a community hardcore kids and death metal kids they're the same we're a bunch of weirdos that listen to music that our grandmas don't like you know what i mean and like we all can bond over heavy music and so i think that's such a beautiful thing and i we love playing like mixed bill shows where we'll we'll play with death metal bands and we'll play with punk bands and we'll be right in the middle happy as a clam because i love all that shit i I saw i was when i was uh doing the research i saw you guys played a show with ninth realm yeah, no, point. those are the homies. Yeah, Liam uh, was on the show a while back, man. Yeah. That, um, yeah, especially nowadays. I mean, yourself. Um, you know, we were talking behind the scenes. I'm a few years old, older than you, but you know, you've like you said, you've been around and seen a few shows. Nowadays, hardcore and death metal combine it like it's it's nothing. It's not a, it's not a big deal at all. And the bands are taking something from the art and something from the the, the guitar sound, and everyone's kind of intermixing their peanut butter and jelly all over the place, man. And it doesn't matter. It. You know, it's it's cool. I think I think it's cool, but it's a little weird to see because well, now this is something I wanted to ask you too. I'm from Long Island, New York. I'm a little bit more from the death metal realm, but hardcore was always adjacent. And my friends were always into hardcore. From Richmond, Virginia now was when you were growing up, hardcore and metal, distinctly different things. People didn't really associate too much, or was it always like that? Like uh maybe a little bit back back in the day. I mean, I kind of came up in the uh the age of Richmond where uh hardcore was real, real big. Um and like you had like the hardcore crews um that would it was like straight edge hardcore crews that would like go around and like fight death metal dudes um which i was not part of that um (laughs) but like uh but honestly with me i i didn't i didn't pay attention to that kind of stuff i just like what i like man i like heavy music so i i'll listen to 
Cannibal Corpse right after I listen to DTN. I mean, and most most dudes are like that. Yeah, um, I remember, you know, obviously, because like I wasn't going to a lot of like straight edge hardcore shows back in the day. I was already full into death metal, but I remember those days when you would hear a lot of stories about people getting jumped for smoking a cigarette at a show. Things like like that sort of. I don't want to say the venue, but um. Uh, you know, I heard all sorts of stories in the late 90s, you know, when certain bands were blowing up and all that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I remember I remember when, man, I think I was in high school. Maybe I was out, right out of high school. Do you remember that band Poison the Well? Yes. The, the yeah. metalcore band. Yes. Yeah. They got, they got jumped and, like, ran out of Richmond. And I don't, I wasn't at the show. I don't know what it was all about, but, like, I was like, dang, man, this shit's hard. But like, honestly, man, I, I kind of, I kind of like, that was one of the things that drew me to going to shows, um, was being a, being a little nervous, being a little afraid when you go to shows and be like, am I going to get hit? Am I going to be like, am I going to, am I, is someone going to jump on my head from the stage or is someone going to like mosh and punch me in the face or something you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. I, I don't know that's kind of the excitement or, or the draw of heavy music going to these shows and i don't i kind of don't ever want to lose that i don't want that to ever go away i want you to be a little scared and guess what if you're a little scared and you come back and you keep coming back and you keep coming back guess what that's called paying your dues and that's how you're going to earn respect in whatever whatever scene you're in so if you keep showing up, even though it's a little scary, we got you. You're in. All right. So uh, l- now let me ask you this. On the flip side of the hardcore scene, getting in, you mentioned some bands. Um, you know, I, I, obviously, I, I rev- you know, I reviewed your um, uh, both of your releases earlier, and I, I, I listened to what you had to say in your lyrics. Uh, you mentioned Minor Threat before and the hardcore scene, that sort of thing. You also said at the top of the interview that you grew up in a more conservative family, a military family in Mm -hmm. suburban Virginia. When you're coming of age as a young man trying to process this very um, politically and socially conscious hardcore punk scene and all these lyrics of these bands you're looking up to and maybe thinking about how to process these things yourself as a young man, was there any clashes with your family, maybe even just over representing that style of music, you know, or, or was there any sort of like um, philosophical uh, confrontation with family members? Honestly, not really. My parents have always like, they've always done a, a pretty good job of like being respectful toward me. I've always been like the weird dude. I mean, I went through the phase where I had like, long straightened black hair and they were like that's just kendall and and like i've also i've I've been with the same girl since i was 14 there's i've i've been straight edge since i was i mean technically 21 but i haven't had a sip of alcohol since i was like 20 i'm a i've been a good egg Uh, and so like i think i think there would be more of a clash if i was you know running the streets and like you know, not to none of the stuff that they found out, let's put it that way. So like, I I mean, I I never really had that much of a problem with them. Um, I also, 
so I've been I've been blue collar and I've, I've been a construction worker for the last geez almost 20 years and so I think I get a little bit of respect from my family on that, that end of like oh he's blue collar he's he's making he's he's being he's a he's not one of those he's a productive member of society mm-hmm. I'm going oh no I'm one of those also <laughs> I, I'm laughing because I, I there there's certain parallels with members of my family and and um uh, I I kind of get where you're coming from on that man you kind of you know sometimes it's just all about showing and proving to people um rather than talking uh that that's good to hear man and um now uh, and we can always edit things out but I I do know you had mentioned behind the scenes to me you have a young family yourself mm-hmm. um uh, how does like you know being being still uh in a band being still of the punk and, and hardcore scene and having grown up in that does that play into how you raise your kids and the things you teach your kids in any way does i mean i, I i'm not i'm not trying to get into cliches or, or crack jokes i'm talking about maybe the mindset or um uh coming coming into classes with the way certain you know maybe the school or other parents are raising other kids or things like that do you do anything different with your kids from from that angle Absolutely. Um, so, uh, I mean, I've got, I mean, we've got show posters all over the house and stuff like that of like, uh, of different, different bands. My, my kids will listen to different bands and try and open them up to like all different stuff. Uh, but what you're saying about the, not just, not the music, but the, the thought process behind the music, we do as much community work as we can with my family. We do, uh, uh, a big, a big, big, big saying in my house is PMA. You, you have to have a positive mental attitude with everything that you go into. And so you try and teach your teach, um, try to convey that with my kids of, Hey, sometimes you have bad days, but you, you got to keep a positive mental attitude about it. Um, a big thing is, you know, respecting others around you and embracing people's differences, man. I mean, we we are we are a champion in my house for the underrepresented. Um, we're, we're trying to do our best, um, and I and I would hope most people with kids are doing the same thing. Just try and raise them with like respect for other people, um, whether that you know whatever that means in your in your life and in your family. I mean, you know, I don't know whether that's the punk and hardcore aesthetic or just like being a decent human i don't know um well you, you said a lot there man um that, that's that's a lot of insight i i don't have kids myself i do have a young family member i'm an uncle and i see um how his parents uh in, in my family raise him and, and these type of things like questions that never popped into my in, into my head you know about that sort of thing before you know thinking of things from a parent's angle i'm sure it's not easy um, especially when you when you run into conflicts with, uh, like you said, maybe other people that are teaching their kids other values. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, not and to. You got to do a lot of damage control. Like you know, when they come back, when they come home from school, and they've yeah. you know learned new words, and you're like, Shh, yeah. all right, <laughs> we don't we don't call our brothers that, and we don't you know we don't we don't call other people this, and like. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, dude, it's, it's your typical, I've got, I've got two that are in third grade and one that's in sixth grade. And so like, there's no getting away from them coming home and 
using, you know, certain, and it's not even the cuss word. It's, 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 it's just the degrading words that they want to call each other or their friends. And like, even just something as little one of theirs, one of them, their new thing is like calling their brother a total idiot. And you're like, Hey man, no, no one's an idiot. You know, let's, let's try and like, why do you think he's an idiot? You let's, let's talk more about that. Let's figure out, you know, is this a learning opportunity? Can you teach him how to do something instead of just calling someone an idiot? But I, I like that, man. Um, I like how you're breaking it down, man. I appreciate that insight. Um, and, and so then, then moving forward, man, the, the rest of the guy or not, you know, at least you said like before, most of the guys are around or of similar age. Um, when you guys were like back in the day, maybe do you want to talk a little bit about, uh, if anyone else in the band was in a band or, or did anything locally in the scene, I, I know you mentioned that, um, your guitarist has been in like a whole bunch of different bands in Virginia. I'm just trying to give maybe the listeners, maybe some insight. I'm not trying to do the record label thing where they slap the sticker that says members of here, but you know, maybe, <laughs> I know you're fine, <laughs> but uh, it, you, it, you know what, you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. Um, so, so Jimmy, um, so let's, all right. So Andrew's not in any other bands, uh, and this is not going to work for your for fans of listen to these bands because all of our bands are very very different. So Mern, uh, our bass player, plays bass in a pop punk band called Diet Blood. Um, so which doesn't sound anything like our band. Um, uh, Jimmy, uh, one of our guitar players, he play currently. He's in a band called Glossing, uh, which is like a shoegaze like indie rock band. Um, uh, he's in a band called Dead Format, which is like a pop rock band um uh he plays in a band called eliza battle uh which is a uh like a screamo band um uh and i can't i can't remember all of his old band I, I, when i tell you this dude's been in like a billion bands <laughs> i'm not even joking dude um and then nick um nick still play still plays in a band called seraph who is uh they've been around for i don't even know 10 or 15 years been around for a long time uh and they're a they're a death metal band um and they've just been trudging it out in richmond doing their thing uh they've kind of got him and the singer are the only original members that it's kind of a it's kind of became like a revolving door i think they've got a pretty good lineup right now um and so um that's what that's what all of our that's what everyone else is doing which is funny like you said you're trying to do like the you're not trying to do like the label thing of saying like, if you like heavy as the head, you'll love their other <laughs> projects. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Well, on, on that note, something I, I jotted down quickly, because you mentioned PMA, positive mental attitude and being straight edge. I think the last time we discussed that on this podcast, a, an old friend of mine, Vinny Panza, um, he's the uh, current drummer, not not the original drummer, but the drummer for uh, Youth of Today and and mm-hmm. Shelter. Um, he also plays in Bold. And, uh, now we and he talked about how those bands. If, I don't know if you necessarily are a fan of those bands or if that influenced you in any way, but I wanted to kind of get. <laughs> oh yeah, so I kind of I kind of got got the idea there was a similar vibe there, and he he talked a lot about how that influenced his life and his approach to things and his philosophy. We don't always get somebody from the straight edge community on this show. 
how take us through that a little bit like how do you first decide like i'm going to be straight edge was there any like you know was there issue did you did you experiment did you have issues with substances first or like how do you just for the people who are total outsiders to straight edge like how do you get into something like that are there challenges along the way temptation i don't know sure um so i come from a a, a long line of alcoholics um and so uh one of the ways to rebel against my parents was to not do that. Um, uh, now, uh, now my, uh, the people that were alcoholics in my family have gotten help and they've, they've, they're much better. Um, uh, but, um, I grew up with a lot of, in my, my stepdads. So one of the, the big, like, I think like, nails in the coffin for me uh were was my stepdad at the time his uncle or his brother sorry uh was a really really bad alcoholic um ended up uh attempting suicide um and survived um and it really messed him up really really messed him up um and i, I understand it's not the alcohol that causes that kind of stuff it's the addiction part of it um and uh i've recognized from an early age uh that kind of stuff is very prevalent and it's it not even like in a hereditary thing but of just being through a lot of the things that i kind of went through when i was a kid or um just being around in life period you can become addicted to things very very easily uh, and so I would much rather be addicted to punk rock than be addicted to substances. Um, and uh, I think it helps that handful of my friends in high school, uh, they were all straight edge. Um, and so I was like, well, if none of my friends are drinking and partying and stuff like that, I mean, I guess I won't either, you know? Um, and so, and and that was another thing, my old head that I talked about, that gave me all those um, uh, hardcore records and stuff like that. They were straight edge. They hang out, they hung out with all the straight edge kids. And so that's just what I kind of gravitated toward. Um, and at this, that this point in my life, there's no temptation anymore. It's been so long. Like I don't even, I don't even think about it anymore. Honestly. Um, now, before we go too much further deep into this, we are not heavy as the head is not a straight edge band. We are not like a, anything like that. I'm the only one in the band uh, that is, that is straight edge. I don't like preach straight edge on, uh, you know, at shows and stuff like that by any means. Don't please don't think that <laughs> or well, no. my band will hang me up to dry. If I'm like, we're a straight edge band now. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's an important distinction because some of our listeners might not realize, as I said, I like on Long Island where I grew up in my generation, I was around a lot of hardcore kids and a lot of people that, that were in the hardcore scene. And there's straight edge people that it's just a personal thing. They're not even in a crew or anything. It's just their thing. And they, you know, they like the music and the, and the, the lifestyle. There's straight edge crews that are, like you said before, violent 
Uh, that yeah. was that was a bigger thing back in the day. Maybe it still is now in certain regions. Uh, not too much in Richmond anymore. Yeah, you know, and then there then there are just straight regular straight edge people who interact with everybody. It's not just because I'm asking you all these questions about being straight edge and and you know you personally just because I got you on the podcast and I feel like it's yeah. a, it's a, an interesting topic. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily represent the band. And you're right; some people might get that impression. Like me, I I've had straight edge friends that hang out with everybody while other people are smoking and drinking and doing whatever, and it's just oh, all and and, you know, and I. And I don't, my, my, my wife drinks alcohol. I try and get her to drink more alcohol when she can, because <laughs> definitely. I mean, I totally understand why people want to come home and have a glass of wine or like, I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that marijuana should be legal everywhere. I, I, I totally get it. I totally understand it for me. It's not for me. And that's cool. Um, but like, I'm, I'm not one of those dudes that will sit there and like judge anybody for, you know, drink. I don't care. Now <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of you getting like drunk and puking on me. Not cool with that. Um, but no. you know, Oh God, I, I don't, most people that aren't straight edge are cool with that either, you know? So, but like, and I'm also one of like the, I, I think I've got like three or four friends that are still edge. Like none of my friends from high school are still edge. They all, it always, and it always, it's always a girlfriend. I broke up with my girlfriend and then I broke edge and you're like, really, man, come on, my dude. Uh, that's, it's always what it is. Some dumb girl. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's because I've been with the same girl forever that maybe if we broke up, maybe let's try it. I'm going to tell her when I get off this podcast to break up with me and then we'll, uh, no, <laughs> what? you convinced me <laughs> heavy old podcast cannot be responsible for a, a broken home. Uh, or, a, or, or here, guys, he's going to pay yeah. for my alimony. He's going to pay for my child support. Oh, okay. Straight edge experiment. <laughs> Thanks pa- so much. Man. Patreon people got to start sliding me cash under the table now. <laughs> All right. Um, so, I feel like I feel like we, you know I've you, you've been um, we appreciate all the insight you've given us, man. Uh, but now getting around to heavy is the head. You did mention it's it's uh, it's Andrew is the drummer, Andrew Peters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. I you did talk about how he was in a band a while back. He didn't do much after that. This band is kind of like him stepping back up to the plate and getting back into it. Take us through the actual band. Heavy is the head. Come, pardon me. Coming together, um, writing your first songs and. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know what, what brought this group of guys together at this point in time. And, and you, you, you know, you, you said, now we got to do this. Sure. Um, so it kind of came, it kind of came over the pandemic uh, where uh, me and Nick have always wanted to be in a band together. Um, and it just has never worked out. Um, uh, I stopped playing. I, I stopped playing music for like 10 years um, to I kind of had a super demanding job and raising a family and stuff like that. And I just didn't have any free time. Um, But it it kind of finally worked out where we were able to get together. Um, It was Nick and our original guitar player, Rich. And um, they asked me to join. And of course, absolutely. I would love to, I'm bored. I've wanted to yell in a microwave, a microphone for, for a long time. It's been too long. Um, and then, uh, so Jimmy uh, was actually our original bass player before he moved to guitar. Um, and we needed a drummer. I don't know how it is up in Long Island, but there are no drummers in Richmond. Uh, <laughs> there's like 
most drummers are in like five bands. Yep. Um, there it's a hot commodity, my guy. Um, and so, uh, I, I remembered that Andrew had played drums forever ago, uh, hit him up. And, and we had always been, uh, one of those things where we, we had seen each other where we've got, we were friends of friends. Uh, you know, we'd been at the same parties all the time or like, but we never like hung out just me and him. And I was like, Hey, why don't you come hang out? Uh, and you know, see if, see if you, you gel with us and immediately it, it worked. It, it was great. Um, uh, and then, uh, a little bit, uh, after our first little weekend run, um, we kind of parted ways with our, uh, with Rich, our original guitar player. Um, and, um, well, actually before that, Jimmy stepped away from bass, uh, and that's when Mern joined, uh, more enjoying bass. Me and, like I said, me and Mern have been friends forever. We needed a bass player. I've always wanted to be in a, in a band with Mern cause he's like legitimately one of the best people in the world. Um, and I, he, had, he's, he was starting to, he was really diving into heavy music and I was like, well, this is a great opportunity, pal. Um, <laughs> and so he joined. And then when we parted ways with, um, Rich, it was kind of natural. Jimmy came in, he had already, he had helped write all the songs already. Um, and so he, he just joined in on guitar cause he, he played guitar. He plays guitar in all of his other bands. And so so jimmy joined back at a guitar and that's that's been the lineup since then and all right and i'd listen like i said on people can go to heavy is the head on Bandcamp or you know other platforms if they if they choose that's what i was previewing this stuff today mm -hmm. um there was the no more time ep december uh 2022 um and the uh high pressure seven inch yeah. Uh, that was also 2022, was it not? Or is that more recent? Yeah, so both of those, I think I think it was right. I think that's right. Yeah, both of those, we we released both of them in, in the same year. Were they recorded in the same sessions? or, or no. uh... Uh, so they were recorded at two different places. Uh, High Pressure was recorded uh, with Dan Upoff at Full Circle. Um, awesome dude. Uh, really, really great engineer. Um, and then uh, No More Time is recorded with Bob Quirk. Uh, at his studio and Bob Quirk is recorded. He's such a, so I went to high school with Bob uh, and he's such a awesome guy. And he's so he's responsible for most heavy albums coming out of Richmond here lately. Um, but he like doesn't have any social media. He doesn't go to shows. <laughs> he doesn't like, he's like a recluse man. And that, and he's, he created a studio in a shipping container he like retrofitted a shipping container. He's the coolest dude. All right. <laughs> I love Bob so much, but like, uh, like he's recorded the last, um, I don't know if you've, uh, blazing tomb coming out of Richmond right now. They're so good. Um, I think he recorded the killing pace record that just came out, um, enforced. He's done most of the enforced records. Uh -huh. Um, he's, I mean, he's done a ton of stuff, but he's just this behind the scenes guy that doesn't want to like, doesn't put himself out there um and so that's where that's where we recorded that uh little ep i i like doing eps better than i like doing full lengths um especially when they're self-funded um it doesn't yeah. make sense for me to go and spend a bunch of money on recording a full length and then you're basically putting it out for free you know yeah. you don't you don't make money on music you make money on merch so, uh, I mean, 
for for a band our our level, our plan is just to pump out EP after EP and constantly keep it fresh. You know, that's that's our business motto, I guess you could say, our business model. Do you? And if if anyone asked me about um, guitar tones and stuff on my band's records, I wouldn't be able to help them. So don't worry. But the guitar sound on high pressure, in particular, um, any any insight into that at all? Because that there, there, there's yeah. a monster of a tone there. So Nick uh, has a black guitar, um, and that's about all I know about his tone. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I know nothing, my guy. Uh, no. Uh, Dan is a freak of nature when it comes to all that kind of stuff. Uh, the recording engineer, um, uh, and that studio is crazy. Um, uh, and it's, it's a lot more polished. So high pressure is much more polished, um, than no more time. Uh, okay. And, and, and I, that's what we were kind of going for. I kind of, we, uh, and, um, that it, it's been like a huge it was been a huge argument between especially me and nick of like going to dan it's it sounds awesome it's very expensive going to bob sounds good it's not as expensive yeah you know yeah. Uh, and so like he's going to be so happy that you just brought up his guitar tone <laughs> I it's going to be awful at band practice next practice. I'm, so, I, I'm sorry to do it to you, but for what, it, <laughs> for, for what it's worth, I noticed it, and I'm not even a guitar guy. It, 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 I, they got a good I tone out of that it. thing. It sounded. Nick I, is, I wrote Nick down. So good. I wrote down alligator question mark next to it. <laughs> it just sounds like a <laughs> like a snarling alligator. Like yeah, almost. I don't want to take it there. Almost Pantera esque, but we'll we'll leave it there. Um, uh, so. Now I know you guys did. Did you, you did like speaking of self funded? Um, all due respect, you guys did a little tour, a uh, mini tour of the South. Um, yeah. but that was like what last year? Yeah. So we've done we've done uh, a couple different weekends. Uh, we're doing our we're doing our best to try and like our our kind of like what we've tried to do is like a weekend a quarter. You know, yeah. trying yeah. Like if dude, I got I got three young kids. Andrew's got kids. Like. We all have full-time jobs. We're trying to do as much as we can. I get it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, our last run we went, um, we played in Charleston, South Carolina. Then we went to Jacksonville, Atlanta, and then Winston Salem. Um, so much fun, man. It, it's so much fun to do. I love going out of playing out of town. It's hard. You can't call them tours. It's a weekend tour, a weekend run. Um, but like, it's my favorite, man. Meeting new people, playing out of town, playing with new bands. Every time we play out of town, it's, we always meet bands that like, all right, we're going to tour together now. And, you know, it's so much fun. It's the best. Uh, I you, you you summed it up. I couldn't have said it better myself because um, that's, you know, for the most part, that's what I get out of it, man, is is the uh, the experience of, of going out there on the road and playing the show and the, you know, the mystery of, of even how the show is going to be. Sometimes it's like rolling the dice, oh, you dude, know, we, uh, last time, last time we went on the one that we were just talking about, uh, when we played in Jacksonville, we played at this place called rain dogs, uh, which is, it, it's kind of a small spot. And like, dude, the show didn't even get finalized till like a week before we left. Mm. Like, didn't even have a flyer until a week before, didn't have a finalized lineup. 
And we were like, all right, well, all the other shows should be good. Jacksonville will probably be the bust. Jacksonville was the best show out of that whole run. It was packed house. Kids went nuts. Like it was such an out. And like after we were on such a high after that show of like, this is what it's about. We expected this to be a throwaway show. It sucks. But like kids in Jacksonville come out. My guy, if you ever get a chance to go down there, go. Uh, And like, that was that was the that's what it's all about is like being surprised with that and like just having so much fun man it was great awesome man yeah i um like i said you you, you about summed it up man if you uh uh you're never gonna know how you know how the show's gonna go down until you get out get in the van and do it yourself man um yeah. but even a bad show i'm still traveling with my four best friends in a van and i get to go play music to even if it's just one person, I don't care. Yeah, I'm not. And one, the other thing, I one of the other things I always say on stage is, if you want to buy something from us, awesome. If you don't want to buy anything from us, that's cool too. Come up, meet us. Money's not real. Friendships are, and friendships will last way longer than that twenty dollars you give me for that T-shirt. So, like, let's hang out. Let's let's be friends. And I know I'm. It's hippy dippy shit, but like. <laughs> Dude, I, I it, that's in the last like two years that this band has been present. I've met some of the best people and like lifelong friends that I will now, you know, be friends with forever. That I met because of I'm playing music again, and we ended up going to South Carolina, and you know, now South Carolina is our second home because we we've got a ton of friends down there. You know, it's awesome. There, there's a lot of different reasons why people get into this underground extreme type of music and um that that social element is a big draw man i i feel the same exact way dude uh, i'm looking forward to getting out there with my projects the, the same way and on that note i did want to plug you have i know you have at least two shows coming up if i left anything out feel free to jump in but i i'm going off of your social media on um thursday may the 25th uh i guess um am i allowed am i allowed to say this or is it too punk well it's on your social media 75 <laughs> 7515 brook road uh rva I feel to say it. yeah all ages man age of rune violent life violent death uh heavy is the head beggars uh dark waters um another and another another round is the venue or another round is a band yeah, it, it, the the place is called another round i got it all right i'm 40 years old i got glasses i'm reading these punk flyers <laughs> give me a minute here but also uh may 6th uh 2023 the canal club in richmond virginia oh, um, i can't wait for this one go ahead the cal i love this name the callous dow boys <laughs> you did it you nailed it yeah it. man I, well, I read this before. It's, I, I practice. Uh, ha- hazing over wild hogs, pulses, and heavy as the head. That looks like kind of a wild one, man. So, wild hogs is just like the name of the tour. Oh, okay. It's very misleading okay. on that flyer because okay. uh, we all looked at the flyer and we we're like, "What is a what is wild hogs?" Um, but that we're really looking forward to that show on the sixth, man. That's uh, uh, that show is going to be pretty crazy i don't know if you've listened to the callous dow boys or not but like they're super i I love that face that you just made (laughs) i'm not like it's well it's like i don't know but i should know i'm anticipating checking this out yeah the flyers they're having a they're having a moment right now they're they're getting pretty big they're they're very along the vein of like 
the, what I thought of was, was like the chariot or like really old Norma Jean, very like spazzy metal, whatever. Okay. Um, they're really good. Um, and then hazing over is also bonkers. Um, but then that other show, uh, May 25th, uh, that's a show I booked um with uh yeah age of ruin like the same age of ruin from like early 2000s like it's gonna be awesome and then violent life violent death is really really good too so that'll be fun that'll be our first time playing at that venue too so we're looking forward to it awesome all right so i i'm sorry but i gotta revisit this real quick so the callous dow boys the the play on words name (laughs) makes a lot more sense now that you explain that they're a little bit more from that kind of like chaotic spazzy John and hazing over is i guess somewhere adjacent to that making sense on the tour yeah so they're they're a little bit more um more mainstream heavy i guess you could say it's less like they're a little bit less spazzy (laughs) all i'm getting at is calling the tour wild hogs with the skeleton <laughs> rocker guy with the guitar yeah. okay i get it yeah. now i get it now i thought you guys might have been opening up for more traditional metal bands i'm just i'm so, just completely off of the i'm i'm yeah I, d- don't mind me over here man i i, so funny I you say that. went right over so my head we, we got offered uh a while ago to play with anvil wow. are you familiar with anvil yes right, so yeah i've seen the documentary yeah Oh yeah. So the booking agent, uh, or the, the, um, the, the, I guess the talent finder for Richmond reached out to us and was like, Hey, do you guys want to open up for Anvil? And we were all like, uh, no brainer. Absolutely. <laughs> like we won't fit, but like, what an opportunity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now fast forward, you know, they had to send our stuff to, I guess their agent so they could approve the local opener. Uh, and they didn't approve us. Darn. Uh, uh, our guitar player, Nick, ended up going to the show anyway. Wow. It was Anvil on a Friday night, and he was like, there's 25 people here. I'm really glad we didn't play. <laughs> maybe you guys would have brought a few extra heads in. What is, I don't know. I mean, maybe. If it was <laughs> or that, just made all the people that were there really mad. <laughs> if it was that close, who's to, you know, who's to say, man? Ugh. Well, depending depending on reentry policy, sometimes you got a captive audience. Oh man, <laughs> Anvil. Well, go watch the documentary, man. Just to the listeners. Oh, it's crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, at this point, it's been several years since that documentary. They're kind of like riding the comeback, but um, but all right. Shout out to Anvil. <laughs> they need all they need all twenty five <laughs> of those heads. Shout out to your guitarist for going, man. That's a boss That's move right there. Um, what a good guy! He got denied off the show, and he still went anyway, man. Just to peep it. That's metal. That's Nick, yeah, man. yeah, all man. Metal stuff. All right, man. Uh, well, speaking about the metal stuff or otherwise, this is the part where I usually wind it down, and I ask you to recommend one older uh, album, demo, EP, anything, and one newer release by any artist you like. Um, there's no strict rules; just something from a little bit back in the day, and something from more modern times. Uh, two recommendations to listen to. So back in the day, oh man, well now I don't want to, your, your listeners are going to be so mad because I don't know, <laughs> I can't, uh, um, I'm going to say something from the hardcore realm. Uh, uh, I mean, all right, let's say this. So one of my favorite records is a band called Ruiner uh, and the album is prepared to be let down. Um, it's no skips, uh, 
track one to track two, all the tracks, like they do that thing where they bleed together. And so it sounds like it's just a 30 minute long song. So good. Impeccable. It's great. Um, But newer bands. um, So I I just saw them last night. Um, There are some friends of ours from Richmond. They're called band. They're a band called Terror Cell. Terror Cell. Um, Yeah. I've I've seen. I think think I've seen the name around. They've been getting out, right? So they actually just did a tour last year with a band called God's Eyes from Long Island. God's Eyes. Okay, this is like this is all kind of adjacently making sense. All right. Uh Terracell is uh just I don't even know how to describe. It. They're just heavy, man. They're it, it's it's not necessarily death metal, but it's definitely not like hardcore. It's just heavy. It sounds like a freight train coming at huh. you and just punching you in the face. They're so good. Uh they're incredible. But their album uh, that came out last year, Caustic Light, is definitely where if you like heavy music, definitely listen to Terracell for sure. Okay, so Terracell and Ruiner is the uh, older. I, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna be perfectly honest, uh, respectfully. I I haven't checked out either of those bands yet, so I'm gonna put them on my list. Well, that's good. And um and again again you know hardcore is where you know we we. We've interviewed a lot of people on this show, and we are uh, behind the scenes talking to many others. It's not just death metal. That's that's kind of like home base for me. But you know, we do we do listen to other stuff around here, man. Hardcore is not too far off base, especially like I said with the younger crowd. It all just bleeds into one. It's like brutal, you know, mix anyway. Um, yeah, but most of the, I mean, you if you look, man, I mean, uh, the new generation of like, and I don't I don't know what's classified as death metal or not i also don't know what's classified as like hardcore or not it, it doesn't matter to me but like if you look man of most of those most of these new like death metal bands that are really doing it it's it's it seems like it's hardcore dudes playing death metal that's like, <laughs> the new thing man like i mean yeah. you look at bands like uh like uh i was listening to tribal gaze this morning like it's hardcore dudes playing metal it's it, it is it is and as a 40 year old death metal guy uh, who who gets the little tinges of bitterness and resentment every once in a while? You, I just got to say this: if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> and that's- so, so do you? All right, so so let's. Do you like that kind of stuff, or do you hate that kind of like? If you don't have long hair, do you get mad if they're playing death metal? No, no, like I'm not. A singer I, isn't wearing like gauntlets and shit. Do you get like upset? No, no, I'm not that far going. <laughs> I've never been that guy. But. There's a certain thing because it's like I said, I grew up in an in like an era where things were a little bit more like metalheads were kind of like um, you know it was kind of looked of as like more of a nerdy thing to be into to be into death metal and black metal and you know grindcore and um, you know then in the 2000s the metalcore and the mathcore type of thing took over and Dillinger Escape Plan and all that stuff. and now we've come like full circle to where kind of like jock hardcore dudes are like playing brutal death metal but doing this podcast as opposed to just being a guy who sings in bands and listens to music over the last few years has opened me up like i i try to see everyone's side of things uh with death metal and with the underground scene in like a journalist journalistic i guess kind of mindset so i'm forced to leave the elitist thing uh, off to the side like um, shout to Maggot Stomp Records. You know, you mentioned Tribal Gaze. I, I'm, I'm friends with and in bands with musicians that are, you know, in their late twenties. 
and and that are significantly younger than me and understand this stuff from a different perspective and expose me to different types of music. And I respect their opinion just as much as I respect the guys that are older than me that come from the thrash generation that I still talk to. Like, I, I don't know where, you know, I think this is probably like it in a lot of scenes, but on Long Island, when you go to shows, you're going to see like everyone from like kids in their late teens to like guys in their 40s and 50s. And most people, if you, you know, if you've been around at the underground death metal shows for a while, everyone's just friendly and everyone's friends. And like, I, 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 I'm forced to be out of, out of doing the podcast too, to like respect that and respect those gener- I have to, you know, I have, I have to respect my listeners the same way. Um, you know, I'm interviewing you and, and your you know, your band has, has, has two releases that I checked out and I, I gave the time I'm going to do that to a young death metal band. And, you know, the guys probably, maybe they've never even heard certain death metal bands. They, they've been listening to hardcore for the last five years and they're, and it is what it is, man. You know, we all come, we all come from somewhere when I was young, I remember the guys, and I'm friends with a lot of guys that are like 45 to 50 now in the death metal scene out here in Long Island, and because I didn't know thrash, because I didn't come from the late 80s, I was like, you know, I was the poserish guy. Oh, you, yeah. you guys just know Dying Fetus. You don't know anything about death metal. You know what I mean? That's what I used what's to hear. It, so it's it like... A, what's cool about that is like, and it's it's the same in hardcore metal or death metal or whatever like that is like, Oh, you never heard of this band, and they're gonna like give you a hard time, but then they're gonna go, Hey, go listen to these bands. Mm-hmm. And then so like now you they're growing this community, like you just said, like you go to a death metal show and you've got kids from in their 20s to people in their 50s and stuff like that. <laughs> and like, isn't that a beautiful thing, man? It, it this community, it's never gonna die. Because when those 20-year-olds are 50-year-olds, they're going to be sitting there complaining about this new style of metal while they're at the show. (laughs) They're going to complain about the music that they paid to go see because they're supporting it. And then those 20-year-olds will now grow up to be 50-year-olds. And it's just a cycle. It's so cool to me is that the community is the same. It doesn't matter what the the dude on, on the stage is singing or what the guitar player is playing. The community is the same. So sometimes when I go to a show, I'm not trying to be corny. I like I I get like a like I get this like nostalgic feeling, like an old man walking onto like a baseball field or something, like yeah, like some some old familiar place, like you know, like it's still here. You know what I mean? The the energy's still here or something. I don't know, man. And then, you, and then you're like looking at the young kids, like these kids don't know how good they've got it. There's yeah. a show three di- There's there's three shows this week. I had to wait seven months before I could go to a show again. You know, what I mean? oh, we God. were going to shows on basements, and these kids get you know death metal in a venue. <laughs> I used to, I used to find out about about bands from photocopied zines and fucking order tapes and shit. Yeah, I mean the liner notes. That's all. That's how I found out about most of my bands. Is I would I would get a CD and then go through. You know, you know this band would like to thank, and they listed all these bands. You're like, all right, I got to check out every single one of these bands. You know what I mean? Or or like the zines. Th- those are so important. Which. I'm super glad that, and those are still around too. Is like, I, I love going to a show where you see this young kid set up in the corner with a bunch of just that they printed off at Kinko's or something like that. And it's a bunch of zines, dude, that's so rad. I love that stuff. 
Dude, that exactly, and it's like, what right do you can't? You definitely can't be ageist in in the underground scene because, like, I like, yeah, I might remember the era where all you all you had was zines and the and the mail. You know, the internet wasn't really as big as it is now in terms of all this and sort of thing. But I could go to a show. There's kids that weren't around for that that are in their twenties, but they're more underground and DIY than I am now. You yeah, know what yeah, I yeah. mean? So it's like, how, who am I to judge? It is what it is, man. They they got a tape label now in 2023, and they're right. keeping it real at the show with, you know, their shit, you know? And so it is what it is, man. You know, people can always go out and get a silk screening uh, kit and, and you know, DIY, you know, at any age, and um, even in this era, too. You know, it is what it is, man. It's... it's um. As much as I cherish those memories, you got to fight the elitism, man, because the elitism is like a, a vine. It's always it's always growing around you, man. Like, you know, I got I, I got my, my music collection behind me, man. And I could be like, oh, these kids don't know anything. But you got to like I said, if you can't beat them, join them, man. That's that's the formula with one of my bands where I'm the oldest guy. So, yeah. And you, you can know. say these kids don't know anything or you can take those kids that don't know anything and you can teach them a, a couple things. That's that's very true too, man. And sp- let me—I've had you on for a while. I want to be respectful of your time, but you mentioned you've been a union construction worker for many years. Mm-hmm. You're a family man. When you go on the road, when you play shows with your band, when you're getting ready for for things with your band, when you're trying to get merch made—I mean, do you do you see how how any of that has affected your perspective now, as a man who's able to get things done and able to handle money and handle business and that sort of thing? Like, does it has that changed your perspective as a as opposed to maybe when you were younger and kind of fly by the seat of your pants style with with music the way I was and the way a lot of people are? Sure, I mean. Uh... We, uh, I mean, if I'm, I can't, I can no longer afford whether it be monetarily or time away from my family to hop in a van and drive to the middle of Kansas and play for three people. I just can't do that. So if we go out, I, I, I'm going to do my best as like the band dad and the guy that's booking these tours to make sure that our our shows out of town are as successful as they can be. Now, I don't mean successful in in mon and with money. Don't get me wrong. I've never put like a handshake in my gas tank. I need that money to get home. <laughs> but yeah. if, if we talked about Jacksonville, where like kids went nuts and like we were on such a high, worth it. Didn't care if we got paid. Didn't care about selling anything it was it's worth it to me to drive that far for that crowd response and so i i try and set us set heavy as the head up the best as i can for success like i said whether it be monetary or whether it be a chance to go hang out with some friends or play a festival with a bunch of people whatever that whatever that looks like at that time uh but yeah it it's it's a harder pill to swallow if i'm if i'm gonna be away from my three kids it 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 needs to be worth it and also it's also worth it too where like my wife is absolutely incredible and she's she's you know making sure my kids know like hey dad's like living his dream when he's you know going on on these little weekend runs or even just playing in richmond like you know, yeah, dad's away from us, but dad's doing something that he's super passionate about. And so my kids now get to see that 
I stopped doing what I was, what I, what I was doing, you know, what I was passionate about for, you know, 10 plus years to raise them to the point where like, they're not self-sufficient, but they're, they're, they're good. They're not babies anymore. Um, and so now they can see, Hey, look, you're never too old or late in life to like, start, start doing your passions again mm. and, and be as be successful in it. Like a, whatever successful means to me, we're successful. We have fun. We play shows. We got a couple people that like us. I'm happy as a clam. I did. Um, and so, so yeah, that's, that's the bit that's that's the long answer of being successful you know what i mean uh yeah fair enough man i i I appreciate that and i don't think anyone would accuse you of being a rock star uh for just trying to set yourself up to have have good shows when you travel hours and hours on the road to get there um and obviously no one's putting into question whether or not you would perform if you got there and there were only three people we've all been faced with that position and i think you know we've all uh given given the best uh you know whether there's three people or 30 people whatever it is um i'm not going to push for 300 because we don't always get that in underground music but 30 people is is sometimes a good night man even for for 3,000, baby i'm selling out arenas yeah 30 would have been great for anvil (laughs) (laughs) all right man um (laughs) well kendall hall as you mentioned you have a young family man and you've been very generous with your time already uh, time, heavy is the head from richmond virginia is the band i encourage people to check out the no more time ep and the high pressure uh ep um both of those on ggt records i i got them on Bandcamp. um you could look for them wherever you find music uh and uh, any parting words for listeners of your music and listeners of our podcasts uh just if, if you don't like my music listen to something <laughs> uh, uh you know uh, whatever you listen to do it with passion and and start a band start a zine start start a podcast it, you know support one another love one another or don't i don't care do whatever you want i'm not i'm not here to tell you what to do the first thing i like the first thing he said do, do that put, <laughs> put the phone down and listen to music listen even if you, if you don't like my podcast listen to a podcast kendall <laughs> thank you very much i wish you and your guys the best going forward in the future man and um, we'll be in touch as this episode goes up man Dude, absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. Of course. have a little bit of gray that's good me i'm thinning out and i still get the crew cut so i i have like the soup like the the weirdo security guard who wants to be a cop look like balding but still crew cut and now as i get older the belly is doing strange things i noticed thanks shout to frank quang filming all of my shows uh and it's like i'm (laughs) now you and i know who Disney, a.k.a. Never Ending Teeth, it would be. 
<laughs> not gonna yes, expose this person yes i'm slowly becoming that person like i feel like it's like it no. like one day i'm gonna look in the <laughs> one day i'm gonna look in the Bro. mirror and the transformation <clears throat> it's gonna be like that uh where the guy turns into the roach the kafka novel you know what i mean uh, but it's gonna be like yeah yeah uh, uh. no no please no because <laughs> anybody out there remembers when uh when the simpsons from uh from back in the day when the michael jackson character Yes. It was like a guy that was in a mental institution. That's, Remember that? It that, was like from season two or season. That's that's who I always said was uh, Disney. That's that was the Michael Jackson. Like, <laughs> so don't become that, man. That's my future, yeah. man. I, I already buy my basketball shorts at Walmart or at the same Walmart as Disney. <laughs> Dude, I do too. I get, and one, man. You remember yeah. and one? They were like a big company. Now they're in like the, the, the garbage places. That's why we're in a band with Funny, Terrell man. because Terrell, the last time and one was brought up on this show was Terrell was uh was uh co-hosting one time man shout yo shout to Foreman Mills keeping <laughs> me fresh for work bro we we rehearse at Smacktone studio uh yeah. over there. what what town is that in it's not I know it's not Patterson it's like outside I of, don't know it's like just Jersey's outside all a blur. Smacktone studio yeah. smack smack smacktone studios on Lackawanna Avenue over there I love it it's got the Foreman Mills up the street bro I make sure I get to rehearsal like a mm. half hour early and I get I get some us, some that uspa. I don't get the real polo shirts. I get the uspa. <laughs> I rock them to work, bro. Because I can't wear I do it. I can't wear like death metal shit at work. I'm sorry. I'm not that dude. I do. I dude. I do. Like um, I wore a uh, I wore an afterbirth shirt. Yes, uh, last week, which was awesome. Choice. Uh, n- nobody knew what it said. You know, and and, and like if a woman says, "What does that say?" I'm not going to say afterbirth. You know, to a lady because you know yeah. I, I was like, "What, what am I going to say if anybody?" So I was going to say like I was going to make up just a word and be like like a, like uh, attribute or something. Uh, you know? so it's like, no, you know, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I can't be like uh, afterbirth to some mm. some nice woman. I'm she's like, what does that say? You know, you asked. So and then I yeah. wear I wore the 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 what is that band um, with uh, Dan Dan Valencia? Uh, you know, uh, oh the old miasmic miasmatic mismatic, necrosis. Yeah, yeah. Miasmatic necrosis. I wore yeah. I wore that shirt to work, but I had it uh, <laughs> buttoned down a little bit, so only the logo was showing. I couldn't I couldn't right. show the. Uh, all right, so you're out there low key. You're undercover a little bit, you know. You're your state job, baby. All right, I hear you. I hear you, man. All right, so um, another thing you do at work, allegedly, listen to sick music. You have an abundance of uh, new flavors for us this evening, because um, it's been a while since I had you on the show. Glad to have you back tonight, Rick. And you definitely did your homework today. Uh, well, hit us with I'm gonna your pick, whichever of the two that you you shot me as recommendations. Which one you want to start with? Well, let's save um, the one that we were talking about earlier for last. So let's start with um, Majesties, Vast Reaches Unclaimed. On 20 bucks spin. Okay. Um, yeah, I, before I, I get into my my take on things, may, maybe give us a little context to this, because this is very much your neighborhood of, of doom metal. Well, I would say this is more Gothenburg, uh, melodic Swedish death metal. There you go. This is this is you, we, we we might be talking about different different. Oh wait, no, no, the no, other no. band is yeah. Because both both the bands you sent me are new to me. I was a little confused just now. You're yes. right. Okay, so I'll proceed. I'm sorry. Majesties sounds like 1994 through 1996 in flames mm-hmm. combined with 1993 to 1994 dark tranquility. So that's what like the early good 
the good shit from that that scene. So that's what this band, um, that's what this band is. And it's it's two guys. Um, there was there was an album that I record. God, these fucking band names sometimes, man. They're so Anexorium, maybe. I recommended them yeah. uh, a long time ago. I, be- I believe that was the name of the band. It's a dude from that band. I don't know. I'm sorry, guys. Dude from that band and a dude from another very good band. And, and this is their side band. Uh, you just look it up on on uh, Metallium. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, to get all the info on that, it's it's two sick dudes making this amazing shit. And it's Harkins. I, play, I hit play. Someone said, Rick, this will be up your alley. And I hit play on it. And within two seconds, they say, say, this takes me back to the good shit in that scene. Because that scene got a little bit uh, bloated, a little bit weird for me after a while. You know, band started, I don't know. It lost its it lost its appeal to me. The good stuff was the early stuff, the old Inflames, the old Dark Tranquility stuff. And this hits all those buttons for me. It's more brutal, though. It's a little bit more brutal than that those days. Uh, it's like a modern version of it to an extreme, kind of. That's, that's how I paint it. Yeah, exactly. The, the, I, the, uh, and, and yeah, you, you gave us some good context there. And when you sent me the tech, the link for this one, you were like, this might not be your thing, you know, but I'm, I've yeah. been feeling this lately. I have a skewed perspective on those two bands you mentioned because right, of, I recommended. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, because of what they were doing when I got into metal. Um, like when I, when I first got into underground death metal and I was all about, you know, cryptopsy, dying fetus, whatever, like what those bands were releasing in 98 wasn't necessary, but you know, but it, it, it didn't hold up to the releases that you're referencing. And I never really, exactly. went back that and, was... yeah, I never went back and did right. my homework. So I just want to like officially come clean on the podcast and say, like, I will be giving older in flames and dark tranquility more of a chance. And I'm going to like expand my, my mind just because the later stuff in their catalog didn't appeal to me. I, you know, so, so check out, I'll start from the beginning. So Lunar Strain is the first in Flames album. So check that one out. This album, Majesties, people say it reminds them of Jester Race, which is the second in Flames album. And that's the big one, the one that they blew up with. Amazing record. I remember when that came out, it was such a big deal, man. Going to Tower Records on 110 in Huntington. Yeah. Fucking album. Oh, now you're taking uh, me back, like a, Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, that was a big deal. And um, this album immediately harkened, but yeah, so people say it sounds like Jester Race, but to me, it sounds like the first in Flames, but it, it's, you know, it's it's awesome. It's really musically done, uh, the technicality, the proficiency, it's all, it's all really, these guys are awesome. The vocals are great. The drums are awesome. The production's really good. It sounds like, it sounds like one of those old albums. Like, um, I don't know, man. It, it, so I immediately bought it on vinyl. Very, very much on point. Like the production is solid. It's not too updated or too modern, but it's like super catchy and and on point. And maybe I feel like some of the production problems with some of those early albums, just by nature of of not there not being like an established death metal production necessarily in there in like 91 or 92. Like, it's interesting that they're taking that style now and it just sounds a little bit tighter, maybe. Performance is a little bit more locked on. Guitar tones a little bit more dialed in, exactly. Um, but yeah, this is a really cool album. I, I can't fault it. Uh, very melodic and catchy, but not in a poppy way. In a in a 
um, in a way that speaks maybe to to death metal still retaining some influence from Iron Maiden and Dio. You know what I mean? Right. And um, that's what In Flames. When I first heard In Flames, I was like, "This is Iron Maiden death metal, man." That was you know as a twenty one year old kid, kid, uh, twenty one year old man, and I, I listening to In Flames for the first. I said, "This is Iron Maiden. That's right up my alley." So, yeah. yeah, you hit all those. You hit all those notes. Hundred percent, man. So, uh, one more time for for Tom as he takes it in, man. What's this album? This album is called Majesties, Vast Reaches Unclaimed. And now, do you, do you want to do, do you want to do the other album you recommended now, or should I should I take the listeners yeah. where I'm going? Let, let's let's do oh, your album. Oh, it's up to you. No, because that's a whole okay, dis- cool. that, that's a whole discussion where I'm going. Let's do the other serious okay. current metal recommendation, and then I'll take everybody to La La Land. All right. All right. Good. 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 Now, the other one you recommended, that was the one where I was talking about this is more like right in your neighborhood of kind of death, yeah. doom, and um, but it's a fairly newer uh, release, so I'll, I'll let you take it away from here. Yeah, it's the uh, debut LP from uh, Mother of Graves, a fairly new band. It looks like they formed in 2019, and uh, this album is called Where the Shadows Adorn. If you like old Catatonia, and uh, old, uh, of course, old October Tide and stuff, stuff like that. Catatonia and those, you know, it hits me right there, man. It hits me a Bray Murder Day uh, era, uh, Dance of December Souls. It, it, it reminds me of all that stuff. And it's, it's really, it was really good. And um, these guys uh, came to my attention in, in another way, which, which I'm, you know, we uh, with with my 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 band, you know, my my band, Grace Guys Fallen. Yeah, that band. So we're going to play with these guys. And it kind of they were introduced to me recently. And I said, yes, I would very much like to play with these gentlemen. And uh, they're very, very good bearded men that play huh. doom metal. So uh, and they're from Indianapolis, it looks like Indianapolis. You got you guys got, got a date for the show? Yes, it is. Uh, it's going to be at the Kingsland on June 9th, which is a Friday. That's with Mother of Graves, Grace Guys Fallen, Soul Shade, and Phelan Fall. This is Raphael's band. Uh, you know, shout out to Raphael. Oh. Books those shows there. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I just had an exchange with him. Unfortunately, as I told him, I'm going to be out of town um, when uh, when this show and some other things are going on. Um Mm. Uh, with uh, Exsanguinated. So, um, but I, I wish you guys the best of luck. And thank you for bringing this to my attention. Yeah, there's not really much I can add to this. Um, you've kind of schooled myself and the listeners. You, you, I think your first appearance on Heavy Hole Podcast a long time ago, you talked to us about doom metal bands specifically of, of this type of 
who influenced this this like the, this style, um, the, the old Catatonia and right. uh, you know that, that sort of this thing. sounds like daylight dies and things that things like that. Yeah, that's that's kind of what, what this reminds me of. I, I love the dedication to death metal vocals on this and the brutal vocals. Um, that's that's always I I really like when there's a band that has like some of those epic melancholy doom. Uh, parts, but they retain the extreme vocals. You know, um, I, I'm not, I'm not opposed to clean singing, but you know, obviously, I like you know death metal vocals. Uh, you know, I'm more of a death metal fan. So yeah, and I, I, I'll just say that this is, uh, as much as we're comparing it to those bands, it does have its own flavor. It just sounds like in the way that a lot of people are bringing back and maybe rediscovering some of these bands. Uh, from the '90s, um, this is maybe this will be the the newer wave of of people kind of doing the death doom thing. I don't know, man. We'll we'll have to find out, or maybe they'll combine it in some way with uh, uh, another style of music. But it's, it's it's cool to see people re-exploring this style and bringing it back. Um, I know I know it's always personally. So, I was gonna say yeah, I know it's always okay. been there. No no insult to you, man. Yeah, man. Personally, I would love to see that that genre excel, uh, and and you know, uh, and and bands really good bands like this come out and play that kind of music, because um, that that means I could you know I could play with those bands too, and uh, <laughs> and you know for me that's good, and you know things of that nature, and 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 uh, these guys are really good, and I'm really psyched for that, and I think um, you know they're kind of. On the unknown side, like I said, this was um, a, uh, uh, I believe it was a self-released um, album at first, and then it was picked up by um, by a label and released on vinyl, Wise Blood Records. Looks like it came out in October, and I already have, I spoke to Chris from the band, and that's going to be held for me at the, at the Kingsland show, so I'm going to be acquiring that. So I advise everybody to buy that because it's a great record, and you'll check, everyone will check it out and agree. I believe. Awesome. And one more time for Tom as he brings us in. What's the name of the band in the album? This band is Mother of Graves. And of course, I go, Where the Shadows Adorn. Where the Shadows Adorn. Thank you very much, uh, Tom, for that, and Rick for that. Um, for both of those recommendations, uh, anything else to, to watch out? I know Grace Guys is recording that album. You said June 9th he got that show at, was it the Kingsland? Kingsland, yes, uh, uh, with Mother of Graves. So that's going to be a doom metal highlight for New York City, in my opinion. So anybody that likes doom metal, come out that evening, and it's going to be fucking nice. Anything else? Uh, um, to, and, yeah, to- the record will, will follow soon after. Beautiful, man. Um, oh, yeah, Reeking Ore. We just announced yesterday our tour. Oh, that's our right. mini tour in July, four days. Yeah, check out the uh, the, social, the old social media uh, there, yeah, July. Yeah, four days. I'm sorry, well, go ahead. Uh, yeah, July 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, we're going to be touring with Replicants from New Jersey and our old friends False Gods um, from Long Island, New York. The guys in False Gods have been in many bands through the years. We've interviewed uh, their singer Mikey and their guitarist Greg on separate occasions. And also, um, Rick and I and many other members of, of Reeking Or used to be in a band called Buckshot Facelift. And just making the point that um, 
Uh, Buckshot Facelift goes way back with the guys from False Gods. So this is going to be fun. Also, a little bit of history there with the guys in Replicant, and I've had them on the show. So this is going to be a lot of fun. July 12th through the 15th, we're going to be... July 12th is Long Island, New York at Amityville Music Hall. July 13th is New Jersey, uh, Jimmy's Bar and Grill in Kearney, New Jersey. July 13th. July 14th. Yeah, 14th Aha. is in Middletown, New Middletown. Yep. That's was, at Queens Pins in Middletown. You yeah, you free show. You got yeah, free show there in Middletown, New York, upstate New York. Uh and then we're ending it all at the nail in Ardmore, Pennsylvania on the fifteenth on Saturday, man. It's gonna be a beautiful experience. Um Yeah, fun little run, man. Uh false gods, they're road dogs at this point, man. Those guys are always out there. So it's gonna be fun to go out on go out there with them for the first time. Yeah, if if, those dudes. if any of those dates that I just told you about aren't coming to a, a town near you, look up False Gods anyway. They're getting out there. They're doing the work. Um, they're, they're nuts. Uh, another show coming up. By the time this episode goes out, you're still going to have a day or two to catch Not One Truth. Uh, exsanguinated, uh, me and my, my man Sam over there, uh, Morbid Deity, Erode, and Mal Bolger, who I talked about on the show a few episodes ago, at Amityville Music Hall in Amityville, New York, 6.30 p.m., 15 bucks. Uh, it's a Sunday show. This coming Sunday, if you're listening to the episode, when it mm. drops. Um, uh, good combination of hardcore bands and death metal bands right there. So uh, beyond that, we have the... Um, uh, Sorry, bear with me. Sunday, May 21st uh, at the Broadway in Brooklyn. Anthropophagus, Infandus, Exsanguinated, and Bludgeoner. Um, we're, we're doing a tour, a whole tour in June, but uh, J- June 10th, the reason why I can't make that Gray Skies Fallen show is because Saturday, June the 10th, uh, I'm going to be at the um, Los Campeones Gym in St. Paul, Minnesota, for the Collapsing Sun Fest, uh, of which Exsanguinated and Stabbed are taking part, also with Morbid Visions, uh, Doomsday, wow. Gates to Hell, Mutilatrid. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. It's gonna be, this is going to be a nuts fest. Nice. Um, live music. Very awesome, dude. Keep me away from the food trucks, um, the, the skating, and the armored combat, it says, with, like with, with food trucks, live music, and vendors. So armored combat. So you've been warned when you go to Minnesota. St. Paul, there. man. Yeah, Yeah, bro. we... Uh... Good, good, good spot to play. I remember we flew out to St. Paul to play with Mayhem in the year 2001. And uh, unfortunately, oh, speaking of Ozzy, speaking of Ozzy, we flew out there and we get there and we played with Mayhem, which was fucking kind of cool, if you think about it. And uh, it was Ozfest about four blocks away. So all the metalheads were at Ozfest and there was 15 people watching us with Mayhem. Huh. Actually, no, it, it was it, it might have been more than that. But you know what I'm saying? It was it was disappointing. And I think I posted a, a flyer at that show and there was some there was some fucking uh, flesh grind was on that show. Uh, there was some bigger bands, you know, from that, you know, if you're looking back on it, it was a cool show in St. Paul. Just reminded me of that. So we flew out there and it was Don, shout out to Don Decker. May he rest in peace. And that's all. Sorry about jacking your spot. Uh, uh yeah, it sucks, dude. Um, I mean, I feel like nowadays it was it was cool though. It was fun though. It was yeah. definitely fun. Though. We flew out. We had a good time. You know, I feel like nowadays yeah. that wouldn't uh, um happen. You know what I mean? I don't like the climate of metal nowadays. You know what I mean? But um, uh, one more I gotta talk about. Friday, April twenty eighth at the St. Vitus Bar, Mutilation Barbecue, uh, Cranial Damage, Thetis, and Exsanguinated. Uh, Terrell over there in Thetis. I'll be at that show, man. Yeah, dude. So we got a f- we got a few of the old shows coming up, man. Shout out to everyone who was at Worm over there. Uh, that was a good time. 
Um, and uh, I guess that's a, that's about it for that. We did the recommendations. I talked. We talked. We talked a lot of Ozzy and Black Sabbath, man. Some oh, that- I just saw you. Sh- you said the Worm Show. I just yeah. saw you guys. Uh, Frank Lang posted the Exanguinated video. Uh, I believe today, so that's out there on YouTube. Yeah, I, that, I was watching. That, uh, watching my my. I was was watching my uh, my never ending teeth. Uh, slash Disney like appearance, man, on stage as I as I melt as I as I melt into a different man. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, man. I'm so I'm, I'm self deprecating, man. I'm just cracking jokes, man. Uh, I'll be all right, man. Sure, it sounded great. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. D- d- don't worry, man. Um, yeah, no. Frank Wang, Frank Wang always makes it sound great, man. Um, uh, uh, Max, he's the best. Maximum volume silence is the YouTube channel. That's right. Yeah, I forgive me, man. When it because when it comes to brain cells left, I only have. One. <laughs>